Welcome to the Even the Rocks podcast, where we believe that just like the rocks cry out proclaiming Jesus as our Savior, our symptoms cry out to help us support our temple. I'm Lindsay. And I am Danielle, and we are your hosts here. We are both nutritional therapy practitioners with a biblical worldview, and within this podcast, we will teach you the way God created our bodies to be innately intelligent. You will be pointed to Jesus and understand how to support your body best. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Even the Rocks podcast. Today, we are discussing blood sugar and how it is extremely foundational for your health, how supporting your blood sugar can determine the rest of your body. A lot of the things that you might associate with being tired or just, you know, having brain fog, those simple things can be related to your blood sugar dysregulation. Hi guys, um, it's Danielle here, and I am just, I don't know, blood sugar is probably my thing, like, Lindsay's all about the digestion, I think I'm more about the blood sugar, because I come from a background, I don't know about you, but um, a lot of people in my family have type 2 diabetes, and heart disease, and there always seems to be a correlation between blood sugar and heart disease, and, um, you know, something else I didn't think about either is that those with, you know, blood sugar... Um, and heart issues, their skin looks funky. Like one time my dad's, like whenever my dad's arteries start to clog, because yes, they've clogged multiple times, um, his skin goes gray and like his, it's hard for his skin to heal if he has a a wound that we would not think anything of. And um, like Lindsay just said that blood sugar is more than just type two diabetes. And we want to kind of start clarifying some of the misconceptions of you know, what is common but not normal, and how it probably links to blood sugar regulation. I think a lot more people than we even realize have are pre-diabetic. Because because typically whenever you go into the doctor and you you get told you're pre-diabetic, it's it's all about the sugar. And I don't know how many times I've talked to clients and they're like, oh I don't have a blood sugar dysregulation. I don't eat any sugars. And I'm like it has way more to do with the food that you're consuming than even sugar. Yes. And that's a good point too, because, you know, I have this um, issue and I say issue because it's like, it's almost um, a pet peeve or an annoyance in my professional world that people say, Oh, I don't eat sugar or I don't eat bad food. Well, first of all, food was not made in God's image. So thus it cannot have morals and be good or bad. You can have more, more nutrient, nutrient dense foods, and you can have less nutrient dense foods, but both can have a place in our diet, in our regular diets and not cause us diabetes or anything like that. But something else that I think that we don't know is that there are four stages of blood sugar dysregulation before diabetes, like type two diabetes. So it's not just like A1C. It's not just our fasting blood sugar in the morning. It's not just our blood sugar after um, an hour after we eat, which if you are diabetic or know somebody who's diabetic, you know what I'm talking about. Like that fasting blood sugar is a big deal. That one hour after you eat is a big deal. So a lot of times, you know, my dad, he probably eats more vegetables and more like pretty much balanced foods than anybody I know. I mean, honestly, he actually has a, he grew up very poor, like whatever he hunted or whatever he caught or his brothers, um, whatever they grew in the garden, that's all they had. Like that's, that's what they had to eat. I mean, they were eating raccoons at times because there wasn't 
they didn't have enough meat. And there were six kids, my grandmother, and she was a single mom in the 50s. So, and there was no child support, you know, none of that kind of thing going on at that point in time. And so he still has a hankering for all of those things from the ground and all those things that he can physically connect with. And yet back in um, the 90s, it was all about low fat this, low fat that. And if you're eating low fat, like I grew up doing, I mean, skim milk was my water. Um, like that was, I loved it. Like skim milk oh. was my thing. Gross. <laughs> I know. And I loved like fat-free cottage cheese and sour cream. And I'm just trying to think like fat-free Cool Whip, like all those things. And when you go and look now with new eyes, when you go and look at that label, when you see you fat- more bad ingredients in them than fat. Yes. <laughs> And the carbs are ridiculous. Like the carbohydrates, because they have to replace that flavor from fat. Right. That you're actually getting more carbohydrates, which increases your blood sugar. But let's all. It's more expensive. Yes. Yes. And so let's clear up that misconception too, that, um, that low fat is healthier, is better, um, all of that. But so let's clear up that other misconception too, that, Blood sugar is related only to sugar or carbohydrates. Because you have to have a balanced meal to be able to support your blood sugar. You know, just like you said, Danielle, it's it's not good food versus bad food. The way I relate it to my clients is what food is supporting you? Because, you know, if you have thyroid issues, you shouldn't be eating green leafy vegetables because they're going to inhibit your body from absorbing iodine. You know, all these foods that people just assume are healthy, they're not healthy across the board because healthy means that it's supporting your body to function optimally. If you're eating something and it's not helping your body to function optimally, it's not going to support your body. Now, you can you can have different scenarios where your body can't really handle a specific food at a certain time. Like if you have intolerances, if you have different things, you know, if, if you have low stomach acid, you might not be digesting protein adequately. So you don't need, if you've been a vegan for a long time, you don't need to just jump right in and eat a huge steak. You need to do things slowly in a means to support your body. Yes. And I think, you know, you just hit on something too, that people think that, you know, anything that has to do with healthy has to be done like all right now and all look a certain way and has to mimic everything. And I think that you've been very intentional on your social media and I'm trying to be very intentional on my social media that you don't have, your life does not look like mine. You do not have my exact same DNA. You do not have my chemical makeup. You don't have the stressors in my life. You may have a completely different lifestyle. Our lives should not mimic one another. Right. Our lives should mimic how Jesus would deal with the light with our with lifestyle and everything like that and then which makes me go into this idea that blood sugar even if you're not eating um sugar blood sugar can be dysregulated because of eating fried foods eating and i mean fried as in like mcdonald's going to your local cracker barrel going to get um fried or breaded chicken remember when when they taught they told us that i don't know about you but when i was growing up like breaded chicken was the new thing breaded didn't say fried fried was bad so breaded chicken do it yes and so but all of that stuff all of that the 
the they're probably using what canola oil, peanut oil. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and when they're deep frying your chicken breasts from the McDonald's or wherever, even at even if you go to sit down. So I think that's another mis- misconception, too, is that people think, oh, if I'm going to a restaurant to sit down like a Cracker Barrel or a local diner. Quality. Yes. Or if you're spending. <laughs> Here's the thing that gets me is when people go out to eat and they eat at a really nice restaurant and they spend more money. So they think that their food is higher quality. Yeah. Let me tell you all, it's not. It's all from Cisco. <laughs> it's all from Cisco. They might cook it a little bit different, but it's not higher quality. You're spending a lot of money on just as poor quality food as you would go grab from the grocery store pickup, the sandwich at the grocery store pickup. I used to work in the food industry and it was it was hilarious. We had like in in Yellowstone, we had like this little like cheap little like fountain where people could come up and just get like quick snacks. And then we also had these really nice restaurants where you couldn't go in there unless you were spending like $25 a plate. They all came in on the same box, on the same truck. (laughs) And people are like, Oh, this is so much better. We're going to go over here. It's not. Yep. And there are some, yeah, and there are some places, some restaurants, I do know that there are two local here that will tell you exactly where, what farm your meat came from, exactly where your vegetables came from, and all of that, but you know how expensive that really is? It's yeah. insane. You can't, like, I cannot responsibly take my family of five, because my kids eat, um, I cannot uh, responsibly spend that kind of money Whereas if I had just gone to the farmer myself and gotten my food and made it myself at home, it would have been, a, you know, it'd be a lot more, a lot cheaper. Um, so let's start with an example of a day. Let's go into a day of a typical Western person um, waking up and how blood sugar could get dysregulated. And I'm, I'll go through the scenario, Lindsay. Um, and then would you go and like kind of input what might be happening in these little scenarios. Okay. I love it. Okay. This is awesome. Okay. So let's just pretend it's me. This is Danielle when I was teaching inner city school. Okay. So let's do this. All right. So I wake up at 5am, get my hair done, wash my, or you know, wash my face, makeup, get ready to go. I eat breakfast in the car. What could be happening to my blood sugar at that time? So first you Probably took well over an hour to get ready. Um, you're waking up early, so I would assume that you are your teacher. You have three kids. You probably did not get enough sleep. Yep. So the first thing that I would say for blood sugar dysregulation, if you're not getting enough sleep, your blood sugar regulation is going to be on a roller coaster all day. You're eating in the car, so your body's not actually digesting your food. Your food is, you know, if you're eating in your car, you're probably going to be eating a lot of carbs unless you have like a good beef jerky. You know, if I am ever, here's the thing, you can eat to support your body and eat foods in on a go without being in a rush. Because I understand sometimes life can get crazy and you're like, I am in a rush, but you can relax and chill and eat slowly. It's a mindset, y'all. You yep. can eat slowly and eat a piece of beef jerky to boost, to have that protein. 
So back, back to your story. So your, your blood sugar is going to be spiking at this point because you haven't eaten for a long time. You need to be eating your food within an hour, at least within that first hour of waking up. And so your body is starving at this point. Your blood sugar is dropping because you're awake, you're moving, your body's like, okay, I, I need some energy. And so you eat some carbs and your blood sugar skyrockets as you're on your way to school. Yep. As I'm on my way to school, I forgot to even tell you what I was eating. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I know if you're not watching this, but I'm going to do the stupid air quote thing, but protein, two protein waffles with peanut butter, like just generic old peanut butter and chocolate chips or what I'm eating in the car. And I'm going to tell you this, honestly, like this is a story, but it's actually half true because that's one of my staple meals on my way to work that I would eat because it would feel like I was alive. And of course I was drinking a, a, a big O 32 ounces of coffee with who knows what kind of sugar creamer. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I wish you could see if you're not watching us on YouTube or rumble or wherever you see videos every morning, every morning I would do that. Danielle, no wonder. Uh-huh. Yep. So we get to, we get to work and I'm at work about six 30 in the morning. Okay. Six 30 in the morning, the sun's not even up. And as soon as I get there, I put my lunch that I pack in the refrigerator in the teacher's lounge and I get upstairs and all of a sudden I'm hit with people, conversations and all of these things. And I realize it's almost like there's a flip in my body or in my mind that, okay, heightened alert, heightened, like constantly doing things, get all my copies. Am I ready to go to meet my students? The, my day hasn't even begun with my students yet. What is going on now with my blood sugar? So now you're super stressed. Your emotions are through the roof and you just think it's normal because it's every day. Again, sh- blood sugar dysregulation has very little to do with the actual sugar that you're consuming. Being stressed out is causing your hormones to go crazy within your body. There are so many different hormones that are associated with your blood sugar regulation, with your stress. You're still, you're not, you haven't broken down that food. You haven't broken down those waffles. That that peanut butter that is most likely generic, that peanut butter is a low, it has low quality oils in it. It has extra sugar. The, yes, and at this point, all of that sugar is being shuttled into your body now, if you, if you're eating all of that sugar in the waffle and your chocolate chips, yes, it will be sweet, but it's not going to be as sweet as the sugar that's coming into your body because that much sugar needs to be met with the amount of insulin that is being released. But you don't taste a lot of the sugar from your waffles because it's a protein, because it's healthy. You don't think, because you don't, can't taste it's like not as sweet as a donut, but it has just as much sugar. And so whenever all of that sugar gets to your pancreas area and your taste buds haven't told your pancreas that it needs to release as much insulin as the sugar that you're consuming, I say this all the time, you cannot trick your body. If you're eating something sweet, you need that much insulin to be met with that sugar. And so when your pancreas hasn't produced enough insulin, where does the rest of that sugar go? It creates excess fat on the body. It goes in. And like, that's the other thing too, is that if you start packing on the weight, which I did, um, packed on the weight right in my midsection, that is a sign of blood sugar dysregulation. 
it's just excess. You were eating a healthy protein waffle. Yeah, but I was just eating that healthy protein waffle doing a, you know, doing a service job. Okay, so I've copied my papers. I'm ready to go. The bell rings. Kids are dismissed from the buses, and they're coming up the, up the stairs. And you're already in a stressed out state. Yep. I'm already in a stressed out state. Probably still have that waffle, the waffles and the coffee still in my um, stomach. I mean, the coffee's probably starting to make its way out, but, or the, I should say the caffeine's probably starting to make its way out. Um, my students come up, I have four class, or yeah, four classes a day, and I taught um, seventh and eighth graders English, and so I would have 90 minutes, I think it was, or no, 110 minutes with each class, so, um, and we didn't take breaks, we just kind of went through, so there was no resting, there was no break, um, we were just constantly on, I was in teaching inner city, um, and one of my class period that was um, before lunch and then they come back after lunch, um, they were opposing gang members. My lunch, so, and they were good, like, I love my kids. I loved my kids. Um, and they were so good for me. I mean, like, they just, they were such the, like, the most protective kids ever. But I was making these connections. I was constantly moving around the classroom from, um, seven o'clock in the morning to about 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm constantly moving around. I'm not sitting down. I'm on my feet doing hall duty, doing everything. And let me remind you that I, instead of eating, I made another pot of coffee in my classroom, which was against the rules to make a pot of coffee in your own classroom. And I drank that pot of coffee before lunch. For lunch, I had probably some leftover meal, which was probably balanced, honestly, um, a good balanced meal from dinner last night. So what's going on with my body from the time the kids hit my classroom to the time I hit lunch. Your body was stressed out. You weren't resting. You were constantly moving. And so that was adding another stress to your body. Your blood sugar was, I'm sure you were drinking your coffee because your, your body was on a constant roller coaster. And we're not, you know, some people get on that, that roller coaster where they drink some coffee and it goes up, but it doesn't crash until like, after lunch, but you were drinking so much coffee that you, your, your body was most likely going on a more, more steady roller coaster where, I mean, and by steady, I mean, constantly up and down and up and down. And so you probably were getting headache throughout your morning. You had a headache and you were like, Oh, I need more coffee to curb this headache. So yeah. that coffee was curbing your headache because it was increasing your blood sugar. And so your blood sugar was high. And then as soon as you put your coffee down and you would go talk to a kid, you would get stressed out again. So that would drop your blood sugar. And then you went and ate your lunch and that, you know, your, your roller coaster has been going up and down all day long. So whenever you ate that meal, your body was so starving for it. So you, I would say you most likely just scarfed it down. Absolutely. Didn't think about your food. So then we get into like we talked about y'all, all of your foundations go together. So your blood sugar is a mess. So now you're not going to digest that food because you weren't thinking about it because you're already stressed because you're bought your pancreas. None of your digestive enzymes are, they're all misfiring at the wrong time. So all of this food is not being broken down. And so your body just starts over on the roller coaster right after lunch. Absolutely. Cause I was going to say after lunch, I felt exhausted. Like it would be one o'clock in the afternoon and I could barely keep going. 
my last class of the day was the hardest, not because they were hard kids. It was hard for me to focus. And they knew, like, it was a joke, but they knew that my last class of the day, they knew that they could get me off topic in a heartbeat because I was just exhausted. So, um, brain fog. Yep. So you didn't focus. You couldn't focus on what you're teaching. Your body was exhausted because your body was targeting that food that it was like, yes, we finally get something that's going to nourish us, but it wasn't being able to break, break down because your body doesn't break down your food. Your, your digestive system, there are different parts throughout your digestive system that aren't supposed to break down our food. Your mouth is supposed to break down your food. Your saliva is supposed to break down your food. Thinking about and enjoying your food is supposed to be breaking down your food. The rest of it, we're not really in charge of. But you were scarfing it down so quickly, you were already in a stressed out state. And so you just thought, I'll just scarf this down. I'll eat this really fast. At least I'm nourishing my body with good foods. But it's just in a tube that isn't really going to break it down because that's not its job. Absolutely. And um, in the digestion episode, you probably heard me say the fork, like stab, stab, chew, chew down. That's exactly how I lived my life for so many years. And quite frankly, probably until I started my NTA training, honestly, for nutritional therapy, um, because I just thought, oh, at least I'm eating quality foods, you know, all of that. Um, So continuing on with my day, my day wasn't over when that last bell rang. I still had responsibilities that I had to grade papers. I either had to choose to stay at work and grade them or take them home. So then that was stressful that I had to take it home. And um, my husband usually cooked, but I was really bad at housekeeping because I was just so overwhelmed with work. Work was constantly on my mind, let alone anything to do with the people in my home. And then I would snack. So from the time I got home, I would either still grade or whatever, or just avoid everything. I would avoid and say, oh, I'm just depressed or, oh, you know, I'm just overwhelmed or, oh, whatever. Um, I would not exercise. It was, I, w- I would not exercise. I was not into that um, at that time because I was so tired by the time I got home. And then um, we would have dinner and I would feel like after I had dinner, I would eat so much food that it would feel like, Thanksgiving day, you know, like the stereotypical, like bloated Thanksgiving day thing, because I, I, the mass quantity of food that I put in my stomach. And then I would just lay on the couch all night. And then before I go to bed, I'd be like, Oh shoot, I have to still grade something. or I need to do something. So then that's when the sugar cravings hit. So I would be eating well above, well above, well above my caloric need for the day. Simply because it started with little to no sleep and me choosing the easy way out, the easy way out, which actually became the harder way by the end of the day to eat. So what is going on with my body from the time I get home from work to the time I go to bed? You're still stressed. You're, you're eating all this food, but it's, it's still not... It's not nourishing your body. Mm -mm. Your body has been on such a roller coaster all day that your body is on this high of, yeah, you can't go to sleep because your, your hormones and your blood sugar is all it's high, but it's, it's, 
it's not being utilized in your body. We need sugar. We need sugar for energy, but your body was becoming insulin resistant because your body was like, wait, I'm eating you. You eat a a protein waffle, (laughs) but it still has sugar in it. Yep. It has chocolate in it. That's being hidden. So you don't think that you're eating a lot of sugar first thing in the day. You're drinking your coffee, but it has caffeine in it. And so all of these things are contributing to contributed contributing. Why did I have a hard time saying that? I don't know. Words are hard sometimes. All of these things that aren't necessarily sweet are contributing to your body, not being able to produce insulin to produce digestive enzymes. All of these things, all you have hormonal imbalances at this point. Hormonal imbalances aren't just associated with your reproductive system. I preach that all the time. You have hormones associated with your blood sugar regulation. You have hormones associated with your digestion. When CCK is a huge hormone contributing to your digestion, to breaking down your foods properly. When that hormone is off, all of your hormones are going to be off. When you're not chewing your food, when you don't think about your food, and enjoy your food and enjoy the way that it tastes, CCK is going to be off. When one hormone, all it takes is one hormone for all of the rest of your hormones to have to overcompensate for the other hormones. So simply, y'all, I, at one point in my life, when I was 26, I was having hot flashes. I was, I had a 45 day long period where I bled for 45 days. Yep. My blood sugar regulation was a disaster. It was, it was opposite of Danielle's. I ate candy, but I ate super healthy foods. I didn't wake up and eat sugar right off the bat. I had to have protein or I would get sick. So I knew I had to eat protein right away when I woke up. And I most often ate a good protein breakfast. But my problem was I had low blood sugar all the time. My blood sugar was low. And so whenever my blood sugar, whenever I would run track or run a cross country race, I would have honey Mm -hmm. in my bag all the time. I would take a take, I would have a little teaspoon or I would have like those little packets of honey, which now I know they weren't really honey. (laughs) They were corn syrup masked as honey. Makes me so mad. Hinted to the color of honey. Yeah. Probably caramel coloring too. Mm -hmm. But I would take that so that I would have energy so that I could race because runners who didn't know their body would say, oh yeah, just take honey before a race. It'll give you energy. Yeah. And then it makes me crash right afterwards. Like, that's insane. (laughs) No. And I, and you hit on something too, that like, this is another reason why blood sugar regulation is really um, important and like hits home to me is because, um, I had multiple miscarriages. I had struggles getting pregnant. I had struggles keeping pregnancies. I had miscarriages. And now I know. Oh, and then I had like period issues or what I thought were period issues. Um, And now I know that the root of that was my thyroid. Well, why did my thyroid go nuts? Because the root of that was my 
blood sugar. And what happens is, is you don't need, you know, we were talking about our hormones. It's not just our sexual reproductive hormones. Like that's not our hormones. Like our hormones are literally what run our body. Like for us to be able to open our eyes in the morning, for us to be able to breathe, like to digest, all those things are run by hormones. Um, and what happens is, is that the reproductive system in men and women, um, is not vital or necessary to living. So when our blood sugar goes off balance, it's going to kind of shut off any kind of nutrients, any kind of support, any kind of anything to the reproductive set. Yes, because that way you don't need that. No, you don't. And that's what's interesting. Like that is usually when we notice that we have a problem because it's the most, um, I don't know, like feedback, like there's something that we can recognize kind of immediately like, Oh, something's off. Like I'm really crampy or I'm bleeding for 45 days or, you know, oh. whatever it is. Like we can notice there's something wrong, but really if that, if you are struggling with menstrual issues or if you are a man and not getting your morning erections or afternoon erections, or you can't neither women or men can climax or have a libido at all. Like that tells us as foundational practitioners, nutritional therapy practitioners, that it's not about that, that your body has shut off those mechanisms in order to like upregulate to other places, other And all of that goes back to blood sugar regulation. So I actually, I am not, I was gestationally diabetic twice, shocker. Um, I was preeclamptic, shocker. Um, with one of my pregnancies and I, uh, had to give birth to, I was forced to give birth to my first child, um, prematurely at 33 weeks, three days because of my health habits, because of something I could control. And if I think if I had known what I know now, I would have done life a completely different way. I would have eaten different. I would have been more active. I would have worked on my muscles. I would have worked on all the sorts of things. So we're going to talk here at the end, don't let me forget, Lindsay, on ways to help support our blood sugar um, with diet and lifestyle. Um, but like thinking about that, I now that I know, I emailed my endocrinologist and I'm like, hey, can I please ha- get a glucose monitor? And, and I said, I want it so that I can monitor my glucose. So then my, I know that my thyroid is within, like, is going to function. And guess what he said? He said, absolutely. He gave me one. He asked me, he's like, here's a couple models that are under your insurance that will be taken. Or if you don't have insurance, he's like, or you have crappy insurance. He's like, go get this model. They're all the same it's fine. You don't need anything fancy. So I monitor my blood sugar for a whole week every month. And I choose a different week out of the month. So it's not the same, you know, that way I'm not like biased by, by my cycle or I'm not biased by what's going on or, you know, anything like that. So I just kind of choose each week just to make sure that my blood sugar is in that tight thing in that tight, um, frame, um, to just make sure that I'm, it's, it's an accountability piece for me. That way I'm like, okay, what did I not do? You know, and I also log most of my foods. Like I log almost every day what I eat just so I can know, okay, Danielle, you're struggling here. Expect to feel this way the next day and so forth. So it's not a neurotic thing. I use my numbers. Like, you know, they always say, know your numbers. I know what I weigh on the scale. And that's an indicator of my habits and, you know, good or bad. Um, And I'm not saying the scale goes down for good habits. I'm also saying the scale does go up for good habits. Um, like putting on some muscle. Um, but also 
Um, I use, I look and see what my protein content is, what my fat content is. Am I having, if my carbs and fats are off, that's usually because I've eaten some kind of processed crap. And um, I, I know what my blood sugars are regularly. I know what my thyroid numbers are. I went and had the heart scan all done, so I know those numbers. If you don't know your numbers and you don't know how to utilize your numbers, I think that that's a place to even start, too, is to get to your doctor and ask for support with your blood sugar regulation and asking for those things. Um, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, I think numbers are extremely important. You can utilize those kind of things, but even if you can't get to your doctor, having a headache, any any type of headache, that's a blood sugar dysregulation. If you're tired, if you're yawning at two o'clock in the afternoon, that's not normal. No. You should not be yawning right after lunch. You should not be yawning in the middle of your day. That means that your body is that means that's a sign that your body's telling you, you have a blood sugar dysregulation. Yep. If like me, if you're, if you are running and you start to have, like you can start to have a headache and you get really tired. I was 16 having, having like stars while I was running and being athletic and being super healthy because I ate healthy and I didn't drink pop and I didn't eat a lot of sugar. Like, that's not healthy. My body wasn't breaking down my food. My body wasn't, my body wasn't utilizing the sugar that I was consuming for energy. And by sugars, I mean, I mean our food in general, Mm -hmm. because car, everything is broken down and can be utilized for energy. And so that's a huge part of your blood sugar dysregulation. Um, be waking up at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, when you think it's just to go to the bathroom, that's actually a sign that your blood sugar has plummeted around that time. And then your, your hormones work to wake you up so that you don't go into a coma because your blood sugar has gotten so low. If you wake up at one and two o'clock in the morning, every morning to go to the bathroom, that is telling us that your blood sugar has been slowly plummeting through the night and your body was about to go into a diabetic coma, but your hormones woke you back up. These are early signs, y'all. These are early signs that your body is going to mass destruction and you're going to end up being diabetic and needing insulin for the rest of your life if you can't manage your hormones and you can't manage the way that your body processes sugar. Yeah. I eat ice cream all the time. I love ice cream. I had some chocolate yesterday. I still eat desserts. You know, I was talking with a client the other day. We were, I talked about how amazing no bake cookies are. And she was like, what? I can have no bake cookies. I said, yes, you love no bake cookies. You can have no bake cookies. Now, how are we going to make these no bake cookies? We're going to make them with whole milk so that you're getting good quality fats. We're going to make them with sprouted oats so that your body is getting that, so that your body is breaking down those oats. We're going to use high quality peanut butter so that your body doesn't have all those extra fillers that are going to cause you a blood sugar dysregulation. We're going to use organic cane sugar that hasn't been chemically processed. So you're not adding all these chemicals to your body. And yes, 
you can enjoy no-bake cookies. It's not about not eating sugar. Yes. It's about utilizing sugar for energy. It's about utilizing your body's processes. It's about eating eating a good quality ice cream that it has minimal ingredients near fats, proteins, and carbs so that your body can actually use that, so that your body can taste the amazingness that is ice cream. And it can say, hey, pancreas, we need this much insulin. Yep. Your body is an amazing miracle of a unit and a mechanical, it, it's, it's an amazing machine. But when we don't feed it properly and we don't put the right things in it at the right timing, nothing is going to work right. And that's why you most likely have all of these symptoms that we've talked about. Because you need to support the processes of blood sugar, of digestion, so that your body can work properly. Yeah, and to to piggyback on that, you said our body is amazing in order to do that. And the thing is, you cannot outsmart your body. Your no. body, you are not smarter than your body. Um, I people will try to outsmart it by going keto. Keto is awesome if you are epileptic, if you have brain neurological disorders. Excellent. However, in order to stay in ketosis, it is not sustainable for most people. Second of all, so that's where it is most studied that like every study that comes from keto mostly um, is for neurological disorders, Alzheimer's, um, epilepsy. Those are the two big ones. Um, yes, it is great at fat loss because you've cut out excess processed calories mostly um, because you cut out a whole macronutrient of carbohydrates. However, your body is so stinking smart that just because you're not eating carbohydrates and we think sugar comes from carbohydrates, which it does, but we think that our blood sugar raises because of carbohydrates, that's actually not true because your body is going to take that fat and learn how to make it into glucose. So you're still going to have that sugar, right? So you're still going to do that. No matter how good a quality keto you are, you still have blood sugar regulation happening inside your body. Um, so, I wanted to also talk about, because she did, Lindsay just hit on something that I know a lot of my clients and a lot of people that I'm around will use as an excuse to not eat better quality foods, and that is cost. Cost and time. And I want to be very clear here, and I want to lovingly um, encourage you to think about this in another way. My dad, with insurance before he retired, and now after retirement, and he's on Medi is it Medicare, Medicare, Medicare? Medicare when you're old, right? <laughs> I can't remember. Um, so he's on Medicare and he has a supplemental insurance. He's still out of pocket, pays over $1,000 a month. $1,000 a month out of pocket for his diabetic and heart, mostly diabetic supplies. I think like eight to $900 of it is diabetic supplies. Now, he is 69 years old. He is 69 years old and he has been doing this since he was 42 years old. Now, the cost is like change, medicines of change, you know, that kind of stuff. I am no mathematician. I will never, ever proclaim to be because I can't do that math that fast. But that amount of money, it, the fact that he was able to afford somehow that insulin and those medicines for that long versus how we justify our other expenses for food, food should nourish us. Food should be a priority. Yes, your grocery bill may double 
And I have a family of five, and trust me, I understand with our current inflation issues right now, the food has gotten expensive. When I got my high quality, I love these certain wraps. Um, I got these high quality wraps, and I was I just asked my husband to go pick them up from the store. I thought they were two fifty a bag or whatever. He comes home and he's like, "Man, those were expensive." I'm like, "Well, what do you mean? They were eight dollars now." So I get how expensive things are getting, but my point is, is where I have money elsewhere that I'm spending somewhere else on fun or, you know, like the extras that don't matter that keep me alive. I'm going to spend it on my food. Why? Because I don't want to spend thousands of dollars a month just on medicine. That is very, I, I get, I'm lovingly saying this. It is very selfish. If I were to continue in the ways of the way I was eating before, I would be on the exact same path as my father. I would be spending that long if I lived that long. And I think, and that thinking about my family, my kids, how selfish is it that thousands, a thousand dollars is going out of my bank account that could be going to them in sports and other activities and like encouraging them in their homeschool curriculum. I'm just thinking homeschool curriculum. I'm thinking how much I would take away from their lives of laying in beds, hospital beds that I had to, that I sat outside of. I'm not going to get emotional that I sat outside of watching my father have a quintuple bypass and thinking that was normal. Thinking that that was just, Oh, you know, heart disease is so normal now. And so it's so common and they've got it that I didn't have a doubt thinking that that was normal was my wake up call that I don't want my kids. I had a nursing daughter. Um, I was nursing her the whole time. I waited for, I think it was 12 hours before I could even see my father on the ventilator after his quintuple bypass. And I looked down at my daughter and I said, I can't do this to you. Choosing your activities, choosing to go out to eat, choosing all these other ancillary things over feeding your body well, doing the exercise, choosing Netflix or whatever is on TV or whatever your thing is, choosing that over the two things that can keep you alive and well and vibrant and enjoying this life, living abundantly, is the most selfish thing that I have come to be convicted of. As believers, as followers of Christ, that money, that thousand dollars of money should be going to my church or should be going to ministries or should be going to support my community. It should not be going to me because of my poor decisions, my poor choices. I will say that, you know, I gave the example, the reason why I even started this out, this whole episode out on giving the example of my life as a teacher, I'm no longer in the classroom, but I'm giving that example because my dad is a former is a retired police officer. My brother is a police officer. My mother is a hairstylist who also works with in in um government things. I am in a family that is nothing but of service people, EMS, fire, um military. My husband is a retired airman. Those industries, I'm speaking to those people specifically at this moment. I lovingly ask you that you go above and beyond, not just for the community, that your service above self does not deplete yourself. You are at the, in those service industries, you are at the highest risk for any kind of heart, diabetes, all of that. And I, like I said, I lovingly ask you to, I know it's service above self. I live that life daily, service above self. 
It's been ingrained in me since I, probably since I was in the womb, service above self. But at what point does your service stop because you've stopped taking care of yourself? And I think, too, that we think about, um, as followers of Christ, we need to live differently. We have been called and set apart, called to be set free and set apart. We are different. We should look different. We should behave different. Our priorities should be different and should not look like that of the world. And what looks like of the world right now with our food is running through that drive through anytime we feel a certain way or we feel like, oh, we might get hungry or worried about our next meal. And let's be real. Most people that are listening to this are not worried about their next meal. They don't need to be worried about their next meal. And I think that that's something that we've gotten into that it's a scarcity mindset. And in Christ, we have abundance. We will never go without. Sorry, that spiel. It's like super close to my heart. So Sorry. No, it's good. That's good. You know, when, when I started healing my gut, we weren't making any money. Like we were newlyweds. We had, we, we were not making a lot of money. I mean, next to nothing between the two of us. Now, thankfully I have wild and well, and I'm working my business. My husband moved, moved to another job and he's making better money, but we were making less than, I think it was like between 2,500 and 3,000 3, a month between the two of us, including all of our bills. How, you know, everybody's like, oh, we make, we make way, we don't make enough money to, to eat good food like that. You know, I had, a, we, we bought, we were having grass fed hamburgers the other day and a friend of mine came over and she was like, oh, you spend way too much money on your hamburger meat. And I was like, but we don't go out to eat. We very, very seldom go out to eat. And my grass-fed hamburger meat, yeah, it's more expensive. But it's not any, it's not as expensive as going out to eat once a weekend. You know, it's your priorities and how you think about things. You know, we have all sat on the couch while we're watching a TV show and eaten an entire bag of whatever your favorite chips are. We've all done it. Yep. And when you do that, how do you feel when that bag of chips is gone? Like Are you still is. hungry? You're still hungry. You still want more because nothing in that bag of Doritos, nothing in even those baked lays because they're more healthy for you. Nothing in that organic, the organic chips that aren't as toxic as the other ones, even though they probably have terrible oils in them, you still feel hungry because those aren't, they're not nourishing your body. So really, if you're buying a lot of bags of chips or you're buying a lot of pop at the grocery store and you're buying all these fillers that aren't really filling you, you're the one wasting your money. Yep. It's not the people that are buying food that supports and food that nourishes their body and makes them feel full. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not filling you. It's yep. just, it's just going in. Your body's not even breaking it down. Your body's not even utilizing it. Yeah. It's not feeding you. You know, how many people, 
body and tricking your brain. Yeah. You know, how many people, as you were talking, I was just thinking about this because when we were active duty, we lived on a fixed income that was well below poverty level. Okay. And that was like 18 years of my life. Um, and I think about all the sacrifices I had to make then, um, and the way I thought then versus what now that I looking back, the way I could have adjusted and made things work to eat better and, you know, make sure I was nourishing my body and, you know, how much money I, like I broke my hand recently, um, a <laughs> long story. Um, but I broke my hand and I could not paint my, or cut my fingernails. Like I'm right-handed. I could get my left hand, but I couldn't get my right hand and I couldn't, you know, whatever. Anyway, they were growing. It was a high, it became a hygiene issue. Um, and I couldn't get my toenails done, whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'll just go get my nails done just generically at the nail salon. It's outrageous. $70 later before tip. How many people are doing $70 every other week for their nails? And maybe it's more. I don't know. Cause I didn't get fake nails put on. I just wanted my nails, you know, polished. Um, and how many people are doing that every other week? And then I start thinking, how many people have expensive Ugg boots? And I know we've already had this conversation. Um, but like the, the cost of Ugg boots, um, hair done every so often and you don't have a mom that's a hairstylist to take care of it for you. How many people are getting lashes put on and can afford that? How many people are getting, what is that? $50 an appointment? No way. And that's in Oklahoma. No way. $150? What is that called where people are doing their eyebrows, which mine don't need done? What is that called? Okay, y'all. If you're new to this podcast, we're both really bad tomboys. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking I don't know what it's called, but that thing where they're making them really microblading. They're making them so dark. I'm like, oh. oh I've looked into that because... You we all, I um, had a sledding accident whenever I was 16 and busted my face open and had to have like a plastic surgeon. Thankfully my insurance paid for it, but had to like come reconstruct my, my eyelid. Cause it was really bad. Okay. Um, I've thought about getting those microblading because okay. I was like this, like this is makeup right now. Oh, well, they can't see it if they're not watching the video, but um, my eyelashes like look like a big S whenever because they're just a big scar in the middle of them. So I've okay. thought about that. And it's expensive. But people like, are getting expensive. And I'm like, nah, I'll just put some eyeshadow on there and call it good. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, and mine are like dark. Like mine, I feel like are okay. I just want mine cleaned up. So I, you know, whatever. Um, but mine are dark enough and I feel like I'm okay. I don't ever put anything on my eyebrows, nothing. I'm like, they're just, as long as they're clean, I'm cool. But like, I didn't realize how expensive that was. But people are getting that done like how many times? And then I'm thinking, how many people are getting spray tans? I had a spray tan done, and, like, the gal was very kind and actually did it for, like, $25, but she told me how much she normally charges. I'm like, ugh. Like, I don't, I get, like, I get it. Like, everybody has their thing, right? Like, everybody has their thing. Um, I am a skincare junkie. Like, skincare is my thing, so that's where I'm going to spend my money. But it's my thing. One thing. Like, there's so many things I want in my gym that I have. But if it's going to take away from my food budget or from my other budget, and that's the other thing too, maybe that's where it actually boils down to responsibility with finances. Yeah. Responsibility period, because we don't want to take responsibility over our food. We don't want to take responsibility over our exercise. We don't want to take responsibility over, um, 
anything. So we expect a pill or something to fix it. Oh, there's insulin. Insulin take care of what I need. But really what insulin does is breaks down your muscles over time. You lose hair, you lose skin, like skin elasticity and all of that. So that reminds me, let's, let's talk about ways to support our blood sugar. Okay. So I'm going to go, cause I'm like a huge, like I am going to always, always, always promote you to be lifting heavy weights. So People, when they think about lifting weights, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't lift that, right? Like, they'll look at what I'm lifting and like, oh, I can't lift that. Okay, cool. Like, you may not be able to lift what I'm lifting right now, but I've worked for years to get to that point. But what really kills me, and I want everybody to please throw away one, two, three, four, five pound weights. If you can lift a bag of sugar, you can lift more than that. I have a client that's a professional baker and she was, she was one of these people. She's like, and she was all excited. She wants to lift weights. She wants to be strong. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna go get myself some like five and 10 pound dumbbells and things. Meanwhile, me knowing full well that she's a baker and she's lifting like 50 pound bags of things off the ground to then lift them and dump them in like mixers and things, right? Industrial size mixers. And I'm like, okay, so I have a question. Like, before you decide what you're going to buy, like, how much is that sugar and how much is that flour that you lift off the ground, you know, that you get in your bags? And she's like, oh, I think they're like 50 pounds, maybe a little more. And I'm like, okay, then let's start with 15, 20 pound weights. So the, and the whole reason behind weights um, is that if you are diabetic right now, if you are pre-diabetic, if you are experiencing the headaches and all of these things that we've talked about of just like symptoms or idea things that happen when you are experiencing blood sugar dysregulation, tired in the afternoon, all the things. The reason why building muscle for blood sugar regulation is important is because your muscles is one place that your body can store excess blood sugar. And what happens is, is if you, let's just say you eat off one day, like you're at a party and you're like, oh shoot, I ate too much of either too much food or too much of, um, too carbo, too many carbohydrates with not enough balance and just too much, right? We've all been there. What happens is, is when you build muscle and strength train, you burn that glycogen, the glucose, glycogen, glucose in that muscle. I think that's right. I think I got the wrong G word, but it's one of those G words. You, you burn that energy that was blood sugar in your muscles, which then in turn makes room for more, which then also when you build more muscle, you build more storage room. And that means that you can actually metabolize things better and faster and easier. And your blood sugar will remain balanced. That is one lifestyle way just one easy lifestyle way, four to five times a week, no more and no less, that can totally change how you utilize your blood sugar. And let, and I will also give you another reason why I work out with heavy weights a lot, because it means I get to eat more food. So it, it boosts your metabolism. It does so many quality things for you. So that's one way that I will always, always, always promote for blood sugar regulation. Lindsay, go to, I know where you're going next. <laughs> I'm always going to digestion. You know that. So an excellent way, the way that I recommend eating and to help support your blood sugar is always eating a fat, a protein and a carb together. Preferably eat your protein first, start your meal 
And I'm not somebody that's going to tell you to count your macros and be super specific, like all the fitness trainers that you've seen. You need to have a well-balanced meal. If you look down at your plate, look for a carb, look for a protein, look for a fat. You don't necessarily want something that is like a fat and a protein together. Like that, that is good, but you always, you know, you can look at a steak and know that there's fat in that steak, but really you want a little extra fat to go with that because there's not enough fat for a good balance. So like a meal that I always go to that a lot of people are like, oh, that's super unhealthy. If you're eating it properly, if you're eating a grass-fed steak with an organic potato, because potatoes absorb everything from the ground, so you want it to be in really nourished soil, and then add a lot of grass-fed butter to it. This is going to support your blood sugar in so many different areas. It's going to support your digestive system. It's going to support the processes of your body. You can even enjoy some nice ice cream as long as that ice cream is sustainable and low ingredients. Haagen-Dazs is my favorite brand. I will eat a steak with some potatoes, some lots of butter, and ice cream for dessert. Y'all, a lot of people would tell you, oh, that causes heart disease. Oh, that ice cream is going to cause you to be a diabetic. Oh, I'll, you know, whenever I eat like that in front of people that don't listen to me all the time, they don't understand that that is supportive. I have family members that are like, that's not a healthy meal, Lindsay. Why are you eating that? Yes, it's supporting the processes of my body. Y'all, the way that you eat, thinking about your food and enjoying every bite that you take is going to support your blood sugar more and is going to be more beneficial than eating a salad that might have a sugar-free, sugar-free, stupid dressing on it. And another thing to really support your blood sugar, and I will forever preach on this. If you are eating sugar-free things, including gum, including candy, including pops, including anything that is sugar-free, if you are tasting something sweet, it needs to raise your blood sugar slightly. Because y'all, you, your body is so innately intelligent. You, your body is amazingly intelligent. When you eat something sweet, your blood sugar needs to rise so that your body can utilize that as energy so that it's not being stored in your fat cells. When you taste some, my grandma was a diabetic. My grandma died because she was a diabetic because she took a experimental drug that killed her within six months. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm in October, she got on an experimental drug that her doctor, she's a nurse. She was a brilliant nurse. She was a DON of a whole clinic. She got on this experimental drug in October because her doctor was like, oh, this is going to be the best thing. By Christmas, she was told she had two months, two years to live because her lungs, no, no, no. I take that back. I'm sorry. My, my dates were off. She got on this experimental drug in August. By October, she had to get on oxygen. By December, she was told she has this rare lungs, lung disease, and they don't know where it's coming from. Well, logically thinking, I went through nursing school. My grandma is a brilliant nurse. 
She knows everything about the body. Why did she not ask her doctor? I've never been a smoker. This was a very, like people, there was a very rare disease that most people only get because they're smokers. Why did she not think? Why did she not process like, hey, I'm a nurse. I understand how the body works. I'm just randomly getting this rare disease. Her, her, that experimental drug had just been increased right before they told us she had two years to live on Christmas Eve night. She was dead by Easter Sunday. On Easter Sunday, she died. And you know what she loved to do? Eat Splenda and extra on everything because it supported her blood sugar. So she thought because it wasn't sugar, even as a diabetic, if you are a diabetic, you cannot be consuming fake sugars that are going to be trying to trick your pancreas. Your pancreas not, might not work anymore. Your pancreas, your body's having a hard time. But even as a diabetic, you cannot trick your body. It's not possible. Your body is brilliant. Every cell and every process and every Every function God gave your body is for a specific purpose. So when you think that you can trick it by going on these diets and only eating 900 calories, and you think you can lose weight by going on these, these quick fad diets and eating these fake sugars and these sugar-free syrups, you are damaging the way God made your body. That's what you're doing. You can't trick it. If you want to be skinny, if you want to be thin, if you want to be healthy, eating to support these processes is how you get that way. Y'all, my body weight used to fluctuate 10 pounds a day. I mean, not 10 pounds a day, 10 pounds a week. It would just fluctuate all the time. It, would, it was just this roller coaster of weight and it wasn't weight. I thought it was. So I thought these, these diets would help. I thought lowering my my calorie intake would help. That caused me to have low blood sugar, which at the time I thought was super healthy because it wasn't high blood sugar. Right. Completely ridiculous. Now I'm like, oh, I'm so, no. <laughs> if you want your body to look a certain way, if you want to look muscular, like Danielle just said, lifting weights and eating food that support the processes of your body is how you get that way. Yep. Everything else, everything else is going to destroy your body. And let me, let me add this little tip because people are like, oh, well, I just joined this great. I, I do cardio all the time and I look great and I feel great right now. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad you feel great right now. That's your adrenals working. <laughs> your adrenal stress. Your adrenals are not supposed to be firing like that until you're in menopause. Yep. If you have adrenal fatigue, that's what you think you have. If you work out all the time and yet you're still tired and you have all this brain fog, those are signs that your adrenals are working. Your adrenals aren't supposed to start working really until you're like in your 50s or 60s. That's just a, your adrenals working right now and having adrenal fog, that's a sign that those organs are taking over your body's misfiring habits because you can't support your body. Your, your back end, your last resort, again, 
that's not supposed to be working until you're in your 50s or 60s is taking over because of your bad actions and your poor health choices. Absolutely. Like as you were talking, I was thinking about this company. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but this company that requires you to drink um, a shake and requires you to work out every single day of the week, like promotes that. Um, oh, I and, have a friend that does that. Uh huh. I have. And she talks about her adrenal fatigue all the time. Uh-huh. Oh, honey. Yep. Oh. And you look at their skin, like you watch these co- quote unquote coaches over time. Their skin, like they have such deep set wrinkles. Their skin is ashen and very sunken in. And guess what they're not doing? They're not able, they complain about sleep. They complain about needing this go-go juice or whatever it is that they have. They com- they talk about like, the, it's always promotion of a product, not a healthy lifestyle. And, and it's constant cardio. Constant cardio. Cardio is great. Like for me, I need cardio. Like, okay, so let's talk about cardio for just a minute. Cardio is important, right? Yes. But it is not the most important and it is not something that needs to be done every single day. Cardio is imp- does not promote fat loss. Let's just be real. Muscle promotes fat loss and so does your diet. But the um, cardio is important, not for fat loss, not for weight loss, not for anything other than supporting your heart, supporting your lungs, supporting the circulatory system and um, your uh, neurological, like neurons and stuff. That it is great and like it's necessary. It is not meant to be done seven days a week, even five days a week. 45 minutes long, 30 minutes long. Yeah. It's not meant to be done that frequently. And um, something you said. Cardio, uh-huh. We're going to have to have a whole episode on this. Oh, I'm going to write that down so we don't forget. Rebounding. What is it? Rebounding. Oh. Jumping on the trampoline is the absolute best cardio you can do for your body. I do it about five minutes a day and that's it. See, and I am not quite there yet with the pelvic floor reconstruction. We're not quite there in ability to utilize the trampoline yet. Uh, We will get there. That is a goal, right? That is a goal. Um, But something you said earlier, you were talking about um, the steak, the butter, like a lot of butter and your potato and ice cream. So when you were talking about that, I started thinking about some of what my clients would be saying, like, oh my gosh, like that's so fat. Like I'm going, like I'm going to eat all of that. But the thing is I am... I am that person that came from sugar-free, fat-free stuff, okay? And I am, I'm just going to say, it is hard to go from sugar-free to fat-free, like quick, or I'm sorry, it's hard to go from sugar-free, fat-free to full sugar and full fat. Um, And make sure that, by the way, sugar, we're not meaning the white sugar that comes in, like, for a dollar that you can get at the Aldi or whatever. We're talking about, like, real sugar that's not processed, Um in whatever whole forms that you can get it. Um, but I went from the, sh- oh, it was the sugar-free syrup that made me think about this. I was a sugar-free syrup girl forever. Why? Because my body. That, you put it in that huge coffee every morning, didn't you? Yeah. Um, you know, how about you just like call me out, right? Um, <laughs> um, but like I went from that person And like, I was like, okay, well, I know this isn't healthy for me. So I need to start trying full fat and full sugar. I couldn't do it overnight. My stomach hurt. I was sick. I was miserable. I felt like I was bloated. It was all of that. So just like we've been kind of talking, like everything is very gradual. So I would 
personally, the way I would recommend something starting, I would honestly probably, like this is hard, I would probably start with adding in fats slowly. For me, because I don't have a gallbladder and in the digestion episode that was before this, we talked about, you know, supporting your, without a gallbladder and things and what, the way digestion works. But the way I would start that is by, like, don't worry about the sugar right now. Like, don't start with the sugar. Start with getting in fats. And why do I say that? Because fats, anytime I eat a good quality fat source, I don't have cravings. I'm not hungry. I feel good. I feel on fire. And if you're not watching this video, like I'm like obsessed with how good my face looks right now. Like I'm like obsessed with my skin. And like, I will have people say, oh my gosh, like, why does your skin look so good? Like how, what do you do? And I'm like, I eat and I exercise. And yeah, I use some non-toxic products on my face and things, but I eat and I exercise. That's what gets this glow that is like on my skin. I don't get super dry skin anymore and all that. Anyway, but I would start with the fats because then you would not feel hungry or like you're missing out on something. And I don't know if that resonates with you, Lindsay, but for me, like with someone that struggles with food control, like making sure I'm getting just what I need and not excess, like I worry about what I'm going to miss out on. And I think that that is something like it's a mental thing. Like, oh my gosh, if I eat this, then that means I can't have this, this, and this. But instead, like when you start incorporating that fat in, that worry for that next treat or that next thing goes away. And something that Lindsay taught me that has honestly been like a life changer for my family um, is the dates. Um, the dates filled with good quality butter. And we're not talking like generic butter. We're not talking like Land O'Lakes butter. We're talking like Kerrygold. We're talking if you have a local farmer, like I have um, in Ohio, there's a farm called Hartzler, H-A-R-T-Z-L-E-R. And they have like grass-fed, pasture-raised um, butter that it's delicious. It's um, and then there's also another brand like, is it called Vermont? Fourth and Heart? Is oh, another Fourth and Heart is the ghee that I put in my dates. Yep. And so when you get your date, so the, okay, so this is how I take mine. I, I take mine. I'm taking it like a, it's medicine because wait, food is medicine, isn't it? Um, so I'm gonna stick with it. I take. <laughs> I take my dates and I cut them in. Uh, I don't cut them all the way. I just cut them down to a little pit and I pull the pit out. And then I fill it with about like no more than for me, a teaspoon is plenty of butter. It's just enough to kind of like fill it, it up. Yep. To fill it up. And then I put um, some Redmond's real salt on top. I like the kosher salt on it better than the fine sea salt or the fine salt. And then I do cinnamon and I also do cinnamon and the cayenne because she recommended cayenne but my kids gives it like a good kick and it's like, Oh yeah. My kids love it. They think it's candy. Like that's how good it is. And you know what happened? Like after I started doing that uh, and it's the nights that I start craving something like I know I've been off or whatever. So I will do it. I sleep through the night. I don't get up to pee. I get up in the morning. My blood sugar is perfect. It's like in the eighties. Perfect. Um, my, uh, I get up and I feel like my sleep is actually quality where I've actually slept and like, Oh, okay. I feel good. Okay. I can start this day. And that is just one example of something that is food related that can help you start that process and not live on your adrenals and not need to go buy someone's product to do it. Yeah. And dates are what? Like maybe $4 for a big container of them, $5 for a big container of them. 
throw them in the fridge and they last forever. Yeah. I love dates. Yep. I love them. And they taste like, I'm a big salted caramel girl. Like if I, like back in the day when I would go to Starbucks all the time, you know, cause we've all done that. Um, I love the salted caramel. The saltier it is, the better any, that is like my, I hate pumpkin spice. It's about to be fall. My husband loves pumpkin spice. Everything. Like, oh, that's so gross. Oh, but give me anything with salted caramel. You put salted caramel on anything and I can eat it. Mm-hmm. And that is why I love the, the dates with the, with the ghee, with the salt and cayenne and cinnamon, because yeah, when you eat that, that's exactly what dates are. They're sweet, but they balance your blood sugar. Yeah. It's amazing how God gave us everything we could possibly need. Yep. That's exactly it. And I think that the biggest thing I want you to remember, and I think we want you to remember is that you, you cannot outsmart your body. Mm-hmm. God made your body like it, it. Okay. So let me, what do you think about this? Like this thought just came to me. If we think we can outsmart our body, that means that we can outsmart God. Yeah. Am I right? Right. Um, so I'm just thinking like all the medicines, all the pills, all the things um, that are out there. Uh, no, no, no. That- I, have a friend, I have a friend who, sorry, Go she ahead. went into a coma, had terrible blood sugar. She actually graduated from the NTA with me terrible her pancreas was terrible she now supports her blood her blood sugar she supports her body she is excellent at supporting her mineral balance she also has her uh, root cause protocol she graduated from the root cause protocol where they talk about specific mineral balance and i'm hoping to get that certification here pretty soon but she doesn't take insulin hardly at all anymore like she will take it every cup, like every couple of days, she'll need some insulin, but she has her body working so well without her pancreas working because she supports her body and because she supports the way she eats her food. It yep. amazes me. She'll talk to me and she's like, yeah, I haven't had insulin in four days. What? Like we think, oh, I'm, I'm a diabetic. I'm going to be on insulin for the rest of my life. Every meal. No, that's not what that means. Yep. That's what that means. If you're not eating to support your body. If you're being selfish in your decisions. And you're having to spend a thousand dollars a month. Yep. So yeah, it kind of goes back to that. Like God is ultimately in control and the way that we if you are a follower of Christ, the way that you behave should represent who you are surrendered to and what you serve. Um, and I think if we honored our bodies, we would be able to, we would show that we honor God, but then we can also serve well in the communities in, in others in our families in our roles in life. Right. You know, another hard thing that I want to add to what you just said we're not taught exactly what the Bible says. Oh. We're not taught to, you know, growing up, you're taught a few different things. I used to be a children's pastor and I had people that got frustrated at me because I wanted to teach deep truths to children. I didn't want to just teach them 
fluffy little Bible stories. I didn't want to teach them veggie tales. I wanted to teach them. I, I went through a whole year teaching fifth, first through fifth graders acts because this was, I knew that was important. I wanted them to understand acts because that is the way that we live our life today. And so I, a lot of people just thought that was crazy that I would do that. We're not taught what the Bible says. We're not taught our foundations of our Bible. We're also not taught how to foundationally support our bodies. The one thing that God gave us for our entire life. And so when we're not taught, when we're uneducated in how to support our body, when we're uneducated in what the Bible really says, you know, all of these kids, as I was going through Acts, I told them, okay, this tells us a lot of things that we're supposed to do. What's the number one thing? The number one thing that completes the entire scripture, every word of the Bible, what's the one word, the one act that we have to do to fulfill it all. We have to love people. And I would tell the kids all the time, if I love you, I'm not going to punch you. If I love you, I'm not going to steal your candy. If I love you, I'm going to be kind. If I love you, that fulfills the entire Bible. And a lot of times people bash like the whole love gospel. That's exactly what Jesus did. Yeah, there's a lot of other stuff in there. We're not taught the important foundational aspects of our of our scriptures. Well, and the, the New Testament is like taking the Ten Commandments and saying, love God, love people. And if and we love them all. Yeah, and like if you love God, Guess what? You're going to surrender yourself in everything you do and serve him. If you love people, you're not going to steal their candy. You're going to donate. You're going to provide. You're going to show up with a meal. You're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus and not rely on anybody else. And not just a meal that hurts them, but (laughs) supports their body. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And like, you're going to like, again, like if, again, if you love God, love people, love God, love people, period, dot. Like, and you just, okay, so we're on, we're on this topic now. I'm going to go there. Um, I am so tired of the fluff. It starts with the kids ministry. You're right. But adults, grown adults want to be spoon fed scripture, which is easily misconstrued. How can you know, just like back in Genesis one, when Eve was like, was tempted by Satan and she ended up giving into sin into something that God asked her not to do because uh, Satan was able to twist God's word. Mm-hmm. Satan still do the same thing. He's not, he doesn't do anything new. Everything you find in the Bible, he's still doing today. He's got no new, no new ideas, no nothing. It all goes. So basically people are being led astray into this whole idea of manifesting. If like we were talking about the whole idea behind this um, podcast anyway, is um, that we want to, that we are holistic practitioners, like professional holistic health practitioners. And the um, stereotype is that we're like new agey or whatever, but really all of this is meant to point back to Jesus and manifesting, um, meditating, other kinds of things. What I'm trying to think what else, um, vibes. And um, there's something else that people are and doing. The chakras. And the chakras. And the... All of that is not God. That is not of God. Sure. Like we said in the one episode that yes, there is God provides energy. He provides energy from the sun. There is, you know, everything we need is on this planet. Like everything in our rocks. Yes. But I'm not going to go worship those minerals. 
No. And that, yeah, exactly. You're not going to go worship the minerals, not going to go worship the rocks, but we are going to let our bodies and who we are at the very core, at the very cellular and molecular structures, cry out to God and have him lead us and guide us and push us and pull us. And that has nothing to do with worshiping the creation, but worshiping the creator. You can worship the creator by eating the food he gave you. You can worship the creator by making sure your sugar is balanced and by buying the foods that may cost a little bit more because then wherever else that money was going was probably not honoring God in the first place. Let's be real. <laughs> um, so do you have anything else to add? Cause this has been a long episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, y'all. We enjoyed making this and getting to have this conversation and blood sugar is so important. Blood sugar is a foundational aspect to if you're having hormonal imbalances, if you're having, if you're really tired, if you have adrenal fatigue, if you have all of these different things that people have told you are normal for so long, it's most likely your blood sugar. And so I hope that this podcast encourages you. I hope this podcast empowers you to support your blood sugar better and to support your body as a whole. Your body is God's temple and it is there for it's there for you to utilize so that you can serve him. Even in the way that you feel is serving him because you have a supported body because he made it to, to function that way. So I hope y'all have a wonderful day and we'll see y'all on the next episode. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can support this podcast by going to co-ko-fi.com slash even the rocks podcast or find this link in the show notes. This helps to support us continue to make these episodes available to you. If you would like to work with either of us, you can find us on Instagram at even the rocks podcast or email us at even the rocks podcast at gmail.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please rate us at five stars and leave us a review. We appreciate you greatly for listening.